0: Thank you for joining us today. God is true to his word. He takes care of his children. In all aspects of our lives, we must make godly decisions and trust him for the outcome. The ever-increasing deprivation in our secular society is unrelenting, yet we should not be surprised because God said these things would be. We must stand firm, always making godly decisions no matter what. Listen as Pastor Random ministers to us with Bible, pen, and paper handy
1: to youth in whatever capacity is a huge assignment. Huge assignment. Working in the media ministry is a big assignment. That's right. Being a missionary for God in foreign fields is a huge assignment. That's right. Going to the homeless shelter to see those who are without homes or going to, see, to visit prisoners and inmates is a huge assignment, my friends. Refuse to despise or or disrespect your calling or assignment from God because it's small and not measuring up to your expectations. Many times our expectations come from our own fleshly desires and competition. You know, you're you're trying to be like somebody. You're trying to outdo someone. And so you put expectations on yourself that God has not put on you. You see what I'm saying? However, we will be at peace with God and ourselves when we align our expectations with what God expects or requires of us. Did you get that? We will be at peace with God. We will be at peace with ourselves when we align our expectations with what God expects and requires of us. That's huge, y'all. Zechariah 410a says, for who has despised the day of small things? Who has despised the day of small things? When Maranatha uh, uh, first started back in 1988, we, we were very small and we were in a one room YMCA building. And all the people could, those few people could fit in that one room over on Iowa and New Bronsville. Uh One room. And, but, but I knew God had called me to do what I am doing. And I thank God for those who believe God with me in the, in the call of God upon my life, along with my wife. And from that humble beginning, look what God has brought out of that you know oh well we just in a ymca we're so few it's not many of us and you start shutting down your blessings before god can bless you because god sees the beginning and the process all the way to the end and sometimes people see where you are but they don't know where you began you know and you know why some of you are frustrated because you think it has to be big which leads me to this point point. If you're not willing to start small, maybe you shouldn't start at all. Some of y'all want to start at big levels. And God says, no, 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 no. No, you're not ready for that yet. I know what you can handle. I know what you can take on. Let me decide what's best for you on my terms. If you're not willing to start small, maybe you shouldn't start at all. God loves to use people and things we think are insignificant to do great things. God, God loved to do extraordinary things through ordinary people. Did you hear what I said? God loves to do extraordinary things through ordinary common folk. It, it, you know, it, it's amazing. It is absolutely stunning. God loves to use people and things we think are insignificant to do great things. Many equate success with big crowds. Ooh, there's a big crowd over there. Something must be going on. We like big crowds. We like that. We like that because that, you can get a big crowd at a barn fire. You can get a big crowd at a fight. You know, uh, you can get, a, you can get a big crowd for a whole lot of things that are just, uh, secular and, and devilish, uh, big crowd, big buildings, bigger the building, the more spiritual we are big budget. Ooh, look at the money this particular church has taken in. They are on they, You can have a big budget and be just as liberal as you can be. You can have a big budget and be a, an apostate church. Well, look how quiet it's getting now. Big congregation with, oh, my church. Oh, they got five services, thousands are coming, but no message of the gospel and no conviction. And I'm not saying every church has had four or five services are like that, but I'm just saying just because it's big doesn't mean it's better. Big doesn't necessarily means better, and big doesn't necessarily mean more spiritual. It's not the size of an organization. It's not the size of the church. It is not the size of a particular ministry, but it is the quality of the ministry. And even more importantly, it is better to have the presence of God, divine favor, and anointing from God. That's what counts even more. God uses a church of 50 members as well as he can use a church of 1,000 members. He used a church that didn't have much of a budget financially as one that have millions of dollars in the account. And so you need to look at the substance of the ministry. Is the gospel going forth? Are people coming to Christ? Is, is the preaching sound? Is the doctrine sound? Are they holding true to the biblical fundamentals of the faith? And on and on and on it goes. Big doesn't necessarily mean better or spiritual. It it's not the size of an organization, church, or ministry, but the quality, and even more importantly, it is better to have the presence of God, divine favor, and anointing from God. And God used insignificant things to do big things. Let me give you an example. Some examples. God used Moses' staff to part the Red Sea. God used David's slingshot. To bring down a giant, God brought a rainstorm from a small cloud the size of a man's hand. God used a little boy's lunch and fed a multitude and a handful of clay to restore a blind man's eyes. All I'm saying today, my friends, is that size doesn't determine significance. And size does not determine success. Are Y'all hanging with me? I, I can, I can. You're listening, and I, I can tell you, you, you you're, you're grabbing it to the glory of God. So be careful about those things. Don't despise uh, small things. Thirdly, uh, we must make a decision not to worry. We must make a decision not to what? Wor- not to what? Yeah, make. You have to make a decision not to worry because you will worry. If, if you don't be cognizant of it. Uh, so what, what is worry? The English term worry comes from an old German word meaning to choke or to strangle. Okay? The English term worry comes from an old German word meaning to choke or to strangle. Uh, worry will choke you. Worry will strangle you. Worry chokes us mentally and emotionally until it just wipes us out to the point that we are no earthly or kingdom good. You know what worry is? It is to have a troubled heart. Worry is to have a heaviness of heart. Worry is to have anxious thoughts. You know what worry is? Worry is to is to have an uneasy and uneasy state of mind. You know what worry is? I'm just giving it to you because all of us are guilty of worry. A worry, it is to, it is to be in mental distress. Worry is to, to be distracted or to have a divided mind which draws us in many directions, pulling our lives literally Apart. Apart. You know what worry does? Worry clings to you. It dominates you. It consumes your thinking as you turn those problems in your life over and over and over in your mind. You're not able to just trust the Lord and let it go. And even though the scripture is clear that worrying is a sin, I believe, brothers and sisters, that worry is committed by more Christians than any other sin. Worry is a sin because we distrust the promises and providence of God to provide for his children. Worry is a sin because we distrust the promises and providence of God to provide for his children. Let me give you something. You say, well, I'm not worried. I don't worry about nothing. Well, let's check you out. What are the things many of us worry about? Examples inability to have children, the safety of our children, the choices our children make. We worry about terrorism, health, the economy. Some of you uh, worry about death, bills. How will I ever forgive the person who hurt me so deeply? Many of you worry about the future. You worry about being rejected. Uh, you, You worry about how will I pay for my children's education? Some of you worry about the fact that you're not good enough. Some of you worry about how will I make it alone? Now my children are gone and my husband and my wife has died. Uh, some of you worry about relatives in the military who are serving in harm's way in other countries. Some of you are worried about what people think of you. Some of you worry about the inability to qualify for long-term disability insurance. Uh, some of you worry about the rising cost of health care, the cost of living, such as food and utilities, uh, daycare, taxes. Uh, You worry about what if my parents become dependent on me for support. Some of you worry about the fact that will I ever get married? I'm 40, 45, 50, 60, will I ever get married? Some of you worry about passing that exam. And if you're not studying, you should be worried. (laughs) Some of you worry about cancer. Some of you worry about the sins of your past and somebody open in the the, the closet and let not those dirty little secrets about your life. And you just pray that, that that door stays shut. You worry about that. Uh, Some of you worry about being hurt again. You open yourself up to somebody and they exploited you. They hurt you. They wounded you. And uh, you worry about being hurt again. Some of you worry about, will my spouse commit adultery? Some of you worry about dementia and Alzheimer's because, your parents or somebody in your family has it. And so you're worried about, will I be a victim of dementia? Some of you worry about layoffs, loss of income. Some of you even worry about getting caught. You worry about caught. You, well, like, listen, you better pray and ask me, repent. And maybe God will help you with that. And, uh, uh, but, but some of you worry about getting caught. So, so, so you see all those reasons. And that's just a short list. So how many, how many of you got your button pressed in that list? Raise your hand. If you got, look at all the people. And, 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 and all that I didn't say, uh, you, can, you, you can just factor that in as well. Why do Christians worry? Why do Christians worry? Number one, because we fail to take God at his word and believe without doubting. We worry because we fail to take God at his word. And believe God without doubting. Look at the commands of Jesus in Matthew chapter 6. It says in Matthew 6, 25. If you can turn your Bible quickly to Matthew chapter 6, you'll see these verses. Matthew 6, 25a, it says, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. That's Jesus talking here. He's telling you, don't worry about your life. Uh, Verse 28 in Matthew 6a, uh, so why do you worry about clothing? You know, God is not concerned about fads and fashions and trendy clothings and styles of certain kinds of clothing, stylish stuff, fashion. As long as you're not walking around here buck naked, be satisfied. Uh, Verse 31a, therefore do not worry. Look at those commands. Do not worry. Do not worry. Do not worry. Verse 34a says, therefore do not worry about tomorrow. Beloved, if you doubt what Jesus says, you will worry. If Satan can get you to doubt the word of God, if Satan can get you to doubt what the, the words of Jesus, then you will worry. The scripture says in Matthew six thirty four. So, so don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. We can't handle today's issue, not to mention tomorrow, And some of y'all over into next year or next week or next month, and you may not even get out. You can't deal with the issues of this day. So therefore trust the Lord for tomorrow and allow him to help you make the most of this day. Worrying about tomorrow will cause us to be less productive today. Worrying about tomorrow will cause us to be less productive today. Why do Christians worry? Uh, uh, because of a lack of contentment with God. Because of a lack of contentment with God. Philippians four eleven says, "Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned whatsoever state I am to be content." First uh, Timothy chapter six verses six through eight says, "Now godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out." And having food and clothing, underline this, with these we shall be content. Food, clothing. You got something to eat? That's right. You got something to wear? You got a decent roof over your head? Don't, don't, don't worry. Don't worry. Trust God. Beloved, when you live godly and become satisfied and contentment with Jesus alone, your heart will be at ease. When you trust the words of Jesus and your contentment comes from Christ, your heart will be serene and at rest and untroubled by the cares and anxieties of this world system. My friends, if the Lord doesn't give us another thing, he's already given us far more than we deserve. If he didn't give you another thing, another thing. If you can breathe, if you can walk and you talk and you can move and you can blink an eye, praise God if you know your name. That's right. Won't you, won't you praise God if you know your name? Praise God. If, if, if you know that he's making ways out of no ways, praise God. And that's why people are hard and they hold to, can't release and all of these things simply because they worry, they worry, and they worry. And by the way, You can't take nothing with you when you die. I've never seen a U-Haul behind a hearse. That's right. There are people who are buried in fine cars, buried in gold caskets and all of these things, but they're still dead. It doesn't resurrect them. You cannot take it with you. That's why you need to organize your life. You ought to make out a will, and you ought to make some decisions about who gets what and not having, having the state make those decisions. Husbands and wives ought to know where each other, where all the accounts are. You all not to have sideline accounts that your husband don't know about. Both your names ought to be on all the accounts, and you all not have something hidden around under the bed or in some under rug somewhere. Be straight up front. People die, don't know what nothing is. Nothing is. you just hoarding, won't even tell your wife, won't even tell your husband. Come up front, be clean. And make a will. You're going to die anyway. Don't create hardship on your family because you didn't want to confront the issue of your mortality. (laughs) Why don't y'all say amen? It's getting quiet now. I want to say this too. Contentment is not circumstantial. Contentment is not circumstantial. It is to have an inner tranquility from the Lord that surpasses human reasoning. You're going through all hell, all kind of trials, but yet you are at peace. Contentment is not circumstantial. It is to have an inner tranquility from the Lord that surpasses human reasoning and comprehension. When everything else around you is falling apart, you still have it together in Christ. That's when people can see the work of God in you. That puts your faith in God on display. As I conclude this message, I have a poignant question I pose to you. Is Jesus enough for you? That's the question. Is Jesus enough for you? If he is, then why can't you be satisfied? And why do you worry? If Jesus, how many of y'all know Jesus enough for you? How many of you believe in the sufficiency of scripture and the sufficiency of the Lord Jesus Christ to supply all your needs, not all your wants, but all your needs, according to his riches in glory. Is he enough? Then why can't you be satisfied? I just want more, more, more. I want this position. I want that position. I'm not satisfied. I want this. Not that you can't challenge yourself to move up in life, but make sure God is in it. That's right. And make sure that God is guiding your life and not you guiding yourself. It's nothing wrong with getting another job. It's nothing wrong with getting another promotion. You just make sure God is at work and God is doing it and you will have a peace about it that will surpass even human understanding. When it's a work of God, you will know it and you will rejoice at what God is doing through you, to you, for you, for your good, and the glory of God. I submit this question one more time because I want it to resonate in your soul and in your spirit. Is Jesus enough for you? Can you be satisfied with Jesus? Not that you don't have a better computer, iPhone 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, you got you have all the vitamins in the world, but you're taking this. Sometimes you, you, you're you taking all these vitamins because you're scared you're going to die. You're going to still die with the vitamins. Is it enough for you? How many more vitamins do you have to buy at Sprouts? That's right. That's right. Is it enough? I got to get this one more exercise. And some of you don't exercise at all. And some of y'all over exercise because you you can be physically fit and go home and have a heart attack and still die. You got to trust God for your marriage. Trust God for your children. You got to let your children go, not in the sense that they let them, just let them live loose. And I'm talking about realize they're a gift from God to you. And at the end of the day, you make sure you've done all you could in your nurturing, your parenting. And then when you release them out, you know they make choices, and sometimes they're not popular choices. But but you got to accept. You have to accept the things you cannot change. And you got to look unto Jesus, the author and finish of your faith, and talk to God about your child. That's right. That's right. Don't keep running your child down. My child knowing this and my child, I told him better. Why are you crying and crying like God don't know where your child is? God knows how to wrestle your child in. God knows how to lasso your child in. God knows how to deal with that grandchild. God knows how to deal with that stubborn wife and that bad husband. God knows you can't change anybody. You can't fix anybody. But I know a God who can. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I know a God who can let Jesus fix it for you. He knows just what to do. Just let him have his way. Trust him. And let him be enough for you. And all God's children said, God bless you. And Father... Thank you for this message. Help us to make decisions that are in accord with your holy will. Help us, Lord, to believe you when you don't even make sense. Help us to make a decision not to despise small beginnings. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, help us not to worry. Help us to trust you when we can't see change. When we don't see progress we think we should be seeing by now. Help us to trust you when life simply does not make sense. Help us to trust you when things just don't add up. Help us to trust you when we're weary, to trust you when we're worn, to trust you when we're down and depressed, to trust you when we're financially broke, when marriages are in trouble, when children are wayward, when health is uncertain. Help us to trust you in spite of. Lord, so many, if they can just trust the words of Jesus, who says, do not worry. If we take that truth, that command, and embrace it, we will experience tranquility, peace, and rest in mind, soul, and spirit. In Jesus' name, and all God's children said, amen. God is speaking. But are you listening? And if you take these truths and apply them to your heart, you will experience spiritual rest, the likes of which you've not experienced
0: before. We lose when we say we belong to God, yet do not do the things He says. When we surrender our lives, we are saying that we willingly live in total submission to Him. Jesus willingly suffered and died for us, thereby paying for our salvation in full. We must stand on the promises of God no matter what the cost, because in the end, we will inherit eternal life free of charge. The price has been paid in full. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander. Please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.